Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Todd Laments. And Todd is the author of the best-selling book, Lose Your Ego, Gain the World. He has a huge social media presence with over 200,000 followers on Twitter, is a corporate trainer and motivational speaker doing over 60 training appearances per year. Todd is an expert on ego control and keeping things in proper perspective. He has been a guest on Fox News, ABC, and CNN, and his corporate training seminars are called Eliminating Negativity from the Workplace. I've asked him to join us here today to talk about his journey, secrets to his success, and how we can all better manage our egos. So, Todd, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Daryl. Thank you for having me on your show. Perfect. Yeah, man. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. So especially with ego, having traveled through Asia and spent some time in Japan especially and and learning shakuhachi, the Zen flu and that, this is actually a really important topic to me because egos really trip people up a lot. But you probably weren't always on this topic as well. And so even an entrepreneur and a speaker and a motivational speaker. So how did you even get started? Like what were you doing before you got into this? Well, my story is I, I was kind of a serial entrepreneur. I started up probably 12 small businesses and, and most of them failed. You know, I, I broke even and, and worked the 18 hour days for years. And, mm-hmm. and, and then in my late twenties, early thirties, I had a lot of financial success and I grew a company from my ex-wife and I to 80 employees. And then I had more problems once I got successful with just dealing with an o- overabundance of things. Right. So. Right. And, and that's kind of my story. So Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you had to learn to tame your ego because it was getting out of control, right? Well, I did, you know, and, and a lot of times I, I deal with people who are very successful and I, and I mentor them and, and coach them. And a lot of times they'll tell you about how hard it was to get where they were. And, and I always stop them right there and say, you got to tell me about the blessings you had because the blessings are as much of the story as, as the hard times. Right. Right, and a right. lot, a lot of times we forget those. We forget about timing and the people that have helped us along the way. Right, 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 right. So you said you grew a company, you became really successful. What, were there things that you figured out? I mean, you said you mentioned you failed in business a lot. That's a common trait. Those over these overnight successes that take ten, twenty years to happen. <laughs> right. Were there like challenges that you felt? Did you see yourself like evolve as an entrepreneur? Where first, like for example, like I never, for me, a big breakthrough was when I realized I needed to be a part of a team. I needed a team under me. You know, that was one of these things. Did you, did you have several milestones that you kind of went through if you look back? Oh, absolutely. The first and foremost, I was talking to my friend the other day on this subject. That's why. And he, he used to play for the Florida Marlins. And he told me that as a young man, when they're, when they're recruiting everyone, everyone pretty much has the same skill set. But what they really look for is your maturity mm. as, as a young man. And, and my maturity came when I realized that uh, you know, I, I used to always attract people. We're attracted to people who are agreeable with us, right? Right. You know, this is the same kind of personality, same age. So when you run a business, you don't need another Daryl or another Todd. You, you need to think of it like a, a football team. And you need to have people for different different positions. 
you know, mm. different body types and yep. different skill sets. And, and once you can manage a team like that, it's as important to have the right people as, to, as it is just to have people. Mm. Mm. So that's actually so well said. I really value that and appreciate that. Got it. So now what about difficulties in running the team? So you say, like you said, you can't just have everyone that makes you feel good. You don't want a group of like, yes, people. You want outside the box thinkers. People are specialized in each of their roles. Did, was it a struggle? Is that part of what led you to this ego work was trying to get out of your ego to help, you know, coach the team, I guess, and help the team be successful? I've had a lot of problems in my own life with just being overconfident. You know, it seems like it doesn't take a lot for me to get kind of cocky and think that I know it all. It's just, it's instilled in me. It's a, it's a bad family uh, mm-hmm. tradition. So I have to every day kind of work on keeping in perspective how hard my competitors are working. Right. You know, and I think that sometimes we forget when we go into a small business, we, we tend to, and this is, I'm speaking from my own experience, of course, we insulate ourselves with people who are going to tell us family members who are going to tell us how great we are and how hard we're working. Right. But I think, I think it's important to be mindful that we're competing with people who have a very healthy obsession in this field already. Right. They've been doing it. They've been doing it for years. They already have the mes- muscle memory of the reps. Right. 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 So, so, so if we want to be on their level, we got to get out there and start playing ball right away. Mm, I love that. I, one of my favorite quotes is every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and it knows it must outrun the fastest line or, or it will be killed. Every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and it knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. So the moral of the story is it doesn't matter if you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. Uh, Right? That's great. That's great. Absolutely. I feel like that really speaks to your point because exactly. And not only that, there's the billions of people on the planet. And, you know, when in your country, you may have, you know, you may feel like in your city or your niche, you're, you know, the cream of the crop, you're at the top of your industry, but you have no idea what's going on on the other side of the world, what technology is being developed, what software programs, you know, what young, young kids are coming up that are just going to crush you. And so, you know, you can't just sit on your laurels. I think that's a great, you know, it's almost like the ant and the grasshopper. Like you just, and that's, that's also why it's important to do what you love, right? Because you kind of have to be disciplined and on it, on your game every day. So now how do you do that? How like I think it's important to get started right where you're at. You know, on, on the story you just said, I had a friend and he graduated. He had a, a computer engineer degree from University of Washington and he's a brilliant kid. And he got recruited to, to go and work for Microsoft. Well, just like you just said, Daryl, when he got there, he wasn't the big shot anymore. <laughs> and, he, and it was a culture shock because he's competing with kids from India and from China who were at a different level than him. And and what I always tell people, and a lot of my analogies are sports to this morning, I don't know why, but I think of LeBron James as a, as a, as a young man, as a, as a boy. He, he didn't say when he got up in the morning and said, oh, I'm going to start playing basketball and I get paid for it or or when I make 30 bucks an hour or $30,000 a month. He just got up and started playing basketball. And I, right. and I think that's the – you really got to – you got to small everything down and, and take action and do what you can today. Ooh. Ooh, and I like and that. my 
And my, and my problem with what, when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs is they think they're going to get more results once they get more resources. Right. And I say, if you haven't saved up money in 15 years, what makes you think you're going to do it in the next 15 months? Right, 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 right. I literally just recorded for a beta group, uh, a, a course that I'm doing. I just recorded a, a lesson on that exactly, that the changes have to come today. If you think you're going to manage your finances better when you have more money, you are so wrong. It's just going <laughs> to blow. Yeah. When I, when I make a million dollars, then I'll no, you need to get on top of your finances now. That's how you're going to get to the million dollars. <laughs> and I even love what you said about smalling down your day. I love that. So I, I want to say, speak to some of that. So I'm, I've been grateful and fortunate enough that I've trained with world champions, Olympic athletes, like world-class leaders in business and every avenue. And one of the things that I noticed is everyone just, everyone has 24 hour days. Everyone, everyone has a 24 hour day. So if someone goes to the world championships and wins the world champ and becomes world champion, they didn't actually become world champion. Then they already were world champion when they showed up. That's just the day everyone else found out that they were better using their time than anybody else. And I think when you talk about smalling down your day, how entrepreneurs think that when I have more resources, when I have a bigger team, when I'll have, no, it's about using, being efficient with what you have now. And it's, you know, it's, it's, just, you know, it's just the day to day grind and time management and pushing forward. And I just love that. I love that, that, that emphasis that you have. That's obviously speaks to me that you know what you're talking about because it's about the nitty gritty details. It's about being in the trenches, putting in the work, waking up every day. Like you said, LeBron James, right? He just woke up every day and just played basketball. That was it. He didn't worry about what everyone else is doing. And even that, he picked on his weaknesses and one by one tried, you know, started improving in every area. So that's really what it is. I mean, all you have is a 24 hour day, right? Get up, do what you can and keep the ball moving forward. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that we all are just so fearful that we're just not good enough. Right. You know, and we might lie to ourselves in this, but deep down in our heart, we think, or we think the work's not going to be worth the reward. Right. And, and, and you are good enough. And those people aren't smarter than you. And they don't know something you don't know. They've just been doing it longer. Yeah. And I, I, and I like to get out and fail because that's the only way I learn is from pain. And I got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and well, that's a beautiful, there's a beautiful word in the English language. I get this from Jim Rohn. It's the word until. I mean, how long would you tell you, let your baby try to walk before you were like, it's okay. You'll just cry <laughs> your life. Like, no, get up and do it again. You're going to keep going until you learn to walk. So I, I think the work should be the reward. You know, yeah. you say that the work should be the reward. You should love what you're doing. It should be the passion. It should be the motivation. Desperation is a terrible place to come from. And that's really where you need support and community to step in to keep you out of a desperate scenario. That way you can, I mean, it doesn't mean you, you should be, you know, luxury, it should be luxurious and lavish, but you know what I mean? Like roof and ramen, right? Like give, get a, put a roof over my head, put some food in my stomach. Let me not worry about my safety and security. And then after that, you know, it should be about just the love of the grind and, and chasing your goals and, and keeping that, what, that life that you want, that vision, that carrot, eh? Keep you moving forward. I love that. <laughs> well said. Well said. So, so for you, what do you think was the greatest challenge in your business career or even in dealing with, well, these are two separate questions, but in your business career in general and dealing with your ego? Pretty much how I kind of talk, got toxic with my personal relationships. You know, mm. when I when I hit a bottom in my business, I, I was I owed 80 people payroll and I owed I owed my vendors and I owed everybody money. And and I had mismanaged, like you said, the thousand dollars. And now we're dealing with a million dollars. Right. <clears throat> and and but the, I was proud of the f fact that I or as humbled by the fact that. I, I could start over and, and do everything the right way. Mm. So, right, 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 right. 
Yeah, that's important. I like how you said that. Hey, you mismanaged a thousand dollars, so now that you were in control of a million dollars, right? It didn't make the situation any better. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly what you said. Yeah. It's exactly what you said. So. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent for living on only seventy percent of what you make. Never spending more than seventy percent of what you make. I'm a huge fan of dealing in cash as much as you can. Treat plastic like as like a like a kiss of death. I mean, you got to use it sometimes. Great. But it's just it's it's like this random variable that's kind of outside your awareness. You might check it every month, but it's not like the same as when you hand cash over to someone and you're like, I have ten, now I have five. Like it's just I feel like you just naturally are a better money manager if you actually can see and physically witness you know what I mean? Like the expenses happening again online and with large sums, you can't do that. But generally speaking, keep the cash in your control, not just have people giving your cards and all, like try to keep that control on it as much as you can as possible. Huge fan of that because that gives you wiggle space. You know, there's I know tons of people that they live lavish and they look lavish and they're driving fancy cars, and all this, but they're broke. They're flat broke. I know I have a friend. I have a personal friend right now selling his house and that guy does a half a million a month like free and clear but he's like he's living at the max because his lifestyle it always expands to fill the money you're making and that's why it's important you manage the money you've got now because just because you're making a half million dollars a month now doesn't mean you're going to be smarter with how you spend it you know it's it's so funny it's the small hinges eh, that swing big doors so one thing i like to talk to your listeners about too is when you start a business you really have to get out of what i call resume reading mode Mm, and mm. and you got to get out of what how much i used to make and what i used to do and and if you ever find yourself doing that the the people that i've worked with are who are the most successful and we measure success different ways i like usually money you can measure you know spirituality and physical health or you know you can measure those a little bit but you kind of have to look at what's possible and where you're going. If you, if when every time I find myself talking about how much I used to make or what I used to do, if it's not from a learning thing, it's it's kind of it's kind of like me trying to brag and trying to justify why I'm not doing anything. Right. You know. So if mm. we can live with what's possible, and I tell them a lot of my friends, and, and I don't know if people I care about most who think that they're doing so well because they make eighty or a hundred thousand dollars. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I, one health problem, and that's all gone. Right. Everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your house, your everything's gone. That's right. And so, so don't get too comfortable in thinking you're you're financially secure as you really are when you're about two and a half weeks away from, like you just said, from from losing everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that can happen so fast. I, I I'm glad you brought that up because that's not a guarantee. And people have false senses of security a lot often. I really, again, it feels like every day you need to wake up and I've got health, wealth, love, life, happiness, and I have a list of survival skills. And again, for me, it's, I try to keep it to six and one, six days of focus, one day of rest. Sometimes it's five and two, sometimes it's four and three, but I try to keep it six and one. And the goal is to wake up every day and keep pushing. Cause like you said, someone might be making 80 grand. They might make hundred grand. It might be a lawyer. It might be able to bill over $200,000 a year. That's fantastic. Guess what? Like you said, health issue, car accident, where, who's going to show up at court? Who's, who's going to build those hours? Nobody. So just because they've accomplished that doesn't mean that you get to rest on your laurels. You know, like you might get this cushy thing and, and a lot, and, and like you, a lot, most, a lot of the most successful people I know, even if they had the money to just spend the rest of their lives on a beach, getting fat, drinking, they don't because there's no sense of purpose and drive in that. That's a poor person's dream because they hate what they, <laughs> they hate what they're doing. People who are the most successful at what they do in the world love it. They couldn't imagine doing anything else. I'm a CrossFit advocate. Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, guy's a billionaire now, and he's like, what am I going to do? He's like, I'm not going to sell this. I'm going to sell this and do what with my life? Like, do what? Find purpose and meaning in what? Like, you know, he's like, he's not going anywhere. Like, great, he made a billion dollars. Guess what? I did it doing what I love. 
And so I'm going to keep doing it. So Well, that's a misconception too. A lot of people have, and it's something that we, we lie to ourselves and we say it's going to get easier later. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's never going to be easier than it is today. As yeah. we get older, it gets harder, yeah. you know? And I always tell my friends, I, I've got myself, I lost 50 pounds and I'm in what I consider very good shape for a 43 year old. Okay. And you know, my friends will go out and, and they'll be 80 pounds overweight and they'll resume read about how, what kind, what they used to look like when they're 25. And right. I, you know, I keep my thoughts to myself to not hurt their feelings and they'll go out and they'll clean out the cupboards and they'll buy seven diet books. They'll hire a personal trainer. They'll sign up for CrossFit yoga a trainer at the gym, they'll, they'll put a, a, a schedule in place that Michael Phelps couldn't keep. Right. And then two days later, they can't do it. Well, they overwhelm themselves. Right. It's just a way of, it's just a way of making it. So when all they really have to do is walk to the mailbox today, that's all right. they have to do. Right. And that's such a bigger start and such a bigger splash. <laughs> right. Right. But right. They don't right. realize that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. That comes down to good time management skills and being realistic with yourself. You, the Well done. Benjamin Franklin said it best. Well done is better than well said. You can make this great plan, but really, what can you physically, realistically execute on a day-to-day basis? I love that. That's well, great. So what would you recommend to someone who's starting out or struggling? They're just starting out in business. They've got their first career going, you know, or, or they're just kind of getting up and running and, you know, they're just kind of in this. What would you recommend? Be totally honest with yourself. Be honest about your weakness and be proud of your strengths. Hmm. You only get – this is what I try to encourage everybody is think of your work day at work as just getting by. Mm-hmm. You're only going to get better at everything you do after work. Right. So your work day, your, your real life starts after work. And I don't care if it's go to church, start a business, go to the gym, whatever it is. The true benefits come after work. Right. So when you're tired and you're pushing – the reward is going to come and it's it's going to be so worth it. Right. Everything you do after work pays you a hundred times better than work will ever pay you. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that's a great way to put it. I was reading something on creating habits and they were saying that it's a three-part process. There's a cue, there's the habit, and then there's your reward. And as long as you have those three in line, this cue happens, whether it's an alarm to get up. And you go through your routine and you have the reward, whatever it is, the smoothie you want, the whatever your reward is, jerking off in the shower, whatever your reward is, <laughs> as long as you keep those three things, it can help you with that discipline to keep yourself in place and get moving forward on, again, on a day-to-day basis. So I guess when you say you work with a lot of clients, a lot of really successful people, I mean, people who have achieved that level, what are some of the greatest mistakes you see your clients and these entrepreneurs making at the high level? Flip it now. You know, the thing I like about the – I think this is so funny to me is the people who are the most successful have, have screwed up the most. They're the <laughs> most flawed. They're, they're never – Daryl, they are never the most talented. And you know this from athletics. Yeah. And I was a very high-level boxer and, and I, used to, I used to tell people the best boxers in the world, you never heard of them because yeah. they just didn't have the maturity and, and life got in the way. They just couldn't stay laser focused. Mm. And, and the people that things come easy to, they, they just don't work at it all the time. Right, right. You know, and, and that's the same thing in the business world. What really separates people is their social skills. Mm. You know, so you really got to get a B. I've worked on it. I work on it every day being a clearer communicator. For, for years, I tried to, you know, being an extrovert and, and being on stage talking to people. I kind of got a little showy with how I talk to people. Well, I've had a lot more success now that I've t- sp- spoke simpler to people. And, right. In a way that they can relate to. Absolutely. So I'm actually being heard and I'm actually listening to them as opposed to just hearing myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't get me wrong. I still love the old, my sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's all good. So, but you have to have that. That's confidence. So it's fine. There's a, another great quote: "Hard work will always beat talent when talent refuses to work hard." And I think that speaks to what you're saying. It's people who have the most talent that take it for granted. They don't do anything with it. It's the guys that put in the hours. It's it's literally people get this. There's a misconception. Everyone's heard the 10,000 hour rule that to be world class is something you need 10,000 hours. What people don't know is that the basics to be just to learn the fundamentals to get past being a beginner at something it's 20 hours of practice for almost whether you want to play ukulele you want to learn ballet you want to learn how to tap dance you want to learn hockey whatever it is 20 hours and it's not 20 hours reading it's not 20 hours at the gym talking to people it's 20 hours doing the task 20 hours doing it boom you're past the beginner level now you're intermediate now you should be getting some sort of results and be, you know what I mean? Be able to hold a tune if you're playing piano. Like, you know what I mean? And just now it can be fun. And now you're in the intermediate space. And the rest of that is just refining that your, your craft and your work. So. And that's yeah. encouraging. I, you know, I, I can do 20 hours of anything, right? That's right. Encouraging. Exactly. Everyone's yeah. got 20. You could do that in a week. <laughs> in a, yeah. That's it. I'm going to be tap dancing next week, Todd. You're going to see me. I'm going to be tap dancing. <laughs> that's right on. <laughs> so. Do you feel that anything was ever holding you back in your business career? Like what was holding you back the most, I guess, could you say? You know, I think I think my own insecurities, thinking I wasn't good enough, thinking I didn't have enough money. Okay. You know, I, I think that was the big thing. I, I Waiting on resources to me was, was – and when I've had a lot of resources and I have had it, I've wasted it all. Yeah. I, that, that's, that's the sad thing about it. Yep. And, and so – and not taking enough action and there's always someone's going to help you if you're willing to ask. If, if you're, mm. And then you got to keep in mind too the people that you ask that, that they're, they're telling you which, not just what you want to hear yep. but what the truth is. Yep. Uh, a lot of times – very successful people are very poor self-evaluators. And the reason is, is because they've taken so much action, they don't really know what works. Right. So they just, they just kind of go on this reel of yep. what they thought worked. Yep. 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 <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. No, that's so true. That's why sometimes the best competitors aren't always the best coaches because they just like, I don't know. I'm just in it. I'm just doing, doing, doing. So. Well said. And the, the, the best ones can't coach, right? They can't coach at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not always the case, but. You know, again, they're so busy into it and having the coaches tell them what to do. They're just great executors. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's great coaches, there's great executors, and then there are the few unicorns that can do both. So now do you have any habits or anything like that, that you feel help you on your path to success that you've, you kind of are focused on, on maintaining now? It's very similar to what you said, um, starting everything early and having a daily dull routine. You know, I, I teach I, – my business life is a lot like – I do my cold calls every day. I call meeting planners. I call speakers bureaus and I keep marketing. I keep the momentum going. I'm very big in forward momentum and not letting it go because it just doesn't get any easier. And, and I found that it gets easier once you just kind of get the repetitions up. I look at it like a long-distance runner. You know, and it gets up every morning and you run. There's no other way of doing it. It's like picking up garbage. There's only one way to do it. You just pick it up. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and and the the, the the more basic I make it, and, and the duller it is, the more successful I am. So th that is what I try to do every day. Got I do it. as much as I can every day, and and not overdo every day, not overtrain, but but do the right amount. And you you've got this massive following that you've built. Is that how you built it as well? Like, what can you give the listeners that heard that in the intro, like two hundred thousand? 
Twitter followers, and that's just one social media channel. So there's people that are obviously impressed by that. Is there any tips you could give to them? I mean, social media is a hot topic for a lot of people. Can you speak to how you feel, so like how you've built your following, the value in the following you've built? Can you talk about it a little bit? Absolutely. The, the, the old rule of you only get what you put into something, hmm. and that's the thing. So a lot of people think that, well, they put a post on Facebook or Twitter to their five friends or their 50, 50 friends or 1,500 friends. But that's not really what social media is about. It's actually about being social and reaching out. And, and I spend – I get 60 messages every day and I respond to everyone. Mm, mm, and some, mm. sometimes it's words of encouragement. Sometimes I'm arguing with somebody about something. <laughs> but you're but, just being I, real, right? I give them – yeah, I give them my time and I give them my attention. In life and in business, you have to be present and, pa- and passionate, passionate mm. and present. Mm. In everything, in all your relationships, and and you're only going to get in a relationship what you're willing to 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 put in. Mm-hmm. So if you go in with a with I'm going to serve people, it, it benefits you well beyond your expectations. But you have to go in with that attitude. You you can't go in. Who's ever been in a romantic relationship? Was what me 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 me? I mean, how long right. do those last? And how healthy are those relationships? Right. Right, right, right. And at the, the flip side, sometimes you've gone into them and been all about the other person, and that's not healthy either. You have to be willing to be yourself and have boundaries, but at the same time understand that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you're here to serve, but not be walked all over. And so, like, even when you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you're arguing with people, right? You're there to serve, but it doesn't mean you're going to compromise your values, your beliefs, and the things that have helped, right? That helped you get where you want to go at the same time. You're still going to be you. Just because you're there to serve doesn't mean you're going to let other people treat you certain ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, you still keep those lines, those boundaries in place. So, yeah, and your sincerity shows. You know, I always try to, you know, I'm pretty politically correct, and I'm a very agreeable person. You know, that's the way I was raised. I never heard a sexist or racist thing as a kid. I learned all I learned all that stuff as I got to be an adult. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so I, I have to keep in mind that you know sometimes I, I can say how I feel and what I mean, and it, it does get to piss some people off, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, but at least you, know? you be yourself. There's a great. You know, what is it? I'd rather be myself and be alone than be someone I'm not and be lonely. And I think that that's better. If you just be real to yourself, especially today in the global economy where, you know, we're, we're recording this from different sides of the continent and people are going to listen it. I mean, we're, li- we have listeners in 75 different countries, you know, yeah. so in a, in a, in a world connected like this, what do they say in China? If you're one in a million, there's a thousand five hundred people just like you in China, you know? So <laughs> if just yeah. be, just be you and you'll attract those people too, right? So. One thing I like to share with everybody is, is just time management. You know, for a while there, you know, I, I was a boxer as a young man and I got, I'm a huge NFL football fan and it turned out I was watching football Monday night, Thursday night, all day Sunday. It turned out I spent about 30 hours a week watching football. Wow. And, and that's very common for <laughs> football fans. And, and I don't have any ownership in these teams and I'm not an ex player or a coach. And I, I just think that you have to kind of decide what's most important and what's going to get you where you want to go. It doesn't mean you can't do those things, but you got to do them three hours a week, right. six hours a week right. and put it in perspective. And if you're really honest about how much time you spend on certain things, you might be shocked. Yep. And yep. in this country right now, politics, even though the elections are over, people will still spend 50 hours a week talking, thinking, reading, listening about politics. And unless you're a senator or a congressperson, you, you need to move on. And start working on your life, not other people's lives. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. I, the way I like to explain it, it's like when you wake up every day, it's almost like you get, you know, if you sleep eight hours and you wake up with $16, which is $1 for every hour. And 
And every area of your life, for everything you do, when you put an hour into it, it's like a dollar into a saving account for that purpose. And there's producers and consumers. So, like, if I watch The Family Guy, I'm consuming, or again, the NFL, I'm consuming the NFL's production. They are the producer, I'm the consumer. And by consuming it, I give them my dollar. I give them my dollar. I give them my dollar. And so anything you want in your life, if you want to have a healthy health bank account, if you want to have a healthy knowledge bank account in a certain area, if you want to have healthy relationship bank account with certain people, how many dollars, how many hours are you investing in those things? You know, humans, we're like plants and we're also like animals. So plants cannot move, but all they do is sit there and they just wait all day to grow. That's all they want to do is grow. They just wait for light, food, and water. That's all they need. If they got nutrients, they got light, they got water, boom, I'm growing. That's it. And if they don't have that, they're just trying to maintain and, and avoid decay, which will set in if they don't get those three soon enough. And animals, animals just do whatever they do, right? They just do the five things that they do. A dog will never do more than the dog can do. It just does the five things a dog does, except for the random ones that get learned, you know, special tricks. But humans, we're like a blend of both, where we have a routine and we are born and we do these five things or eight things, but we can pick any direction and grow. We just need to make sure that we're investing in that, that just like the plants, we need food, right? Food, water, sunlight, and time invested in growth. And so you can pick anything. Anybody listening to this call today could decide to do anything they want. They could decide they want to play football. They could decide they want to play hockey. They could decide that they want to be a motivational speaker like you. They could decide they want to have a podcast like I'm doing. They could decide anything they want and get started and in 20 hours learn the fundamentals and be on their way down that path. So I think what you talk about, that time manager thing, it's huge because people don't realize how many hours you have in the day. I forget the exact number, and so forgive me for those that want the exact number. But I remember I was, I was at a seminar, and I saw this motivational speaker like you talking, and he was talking about how much time we actually have in our lives. And if you take the hours that we spend sleeping and on the, going to the bathroom and eating for the average person, if you take all that and deduct it from like your average life expectancy, you really only have something like 3,000 days of life. Oh, wow. When you take yeah. that out. Like, when you get rid of all that stuff, sleeping, all right. that stuff, it's 3,000 days. So wow. now after today, like, how many days have you already spent? And after today, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we got to get busy. We got to get going. Right. We don't got many left. I got yeah. things I want to do before I go, right? So. Oh, I always scream because anytime, you know, I have this conversation, all I have this conversation weekly with people, and they always hit me with the old, you know, that my self-help readers of Colonel Sanders. Well, yeah, that, that is one person, but, but that's, that's not the majority of people. You know, we don't get, we got our prime time, you know, like, like, like all people. So you have to take advantage of it. You have to take advantage of, of, you know, and, and I, and I, a lot of people who have families and, and stuff, you, you just got to really make the most of it and have an urgency and, and work with a passion. Yeah. 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 And be part of a team. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. Being part of a team. Maybe you can't have your own pie. You know, and you know what? 1% of a million dollars is a lot more than 100% of nothing. So maybe you just join a team where now you can just have a specialized role, which increases your value and allows you to be more of an expert at that one thing and more valuable. And then again, you put five people together that all have, you mentioned this before, that all have a different specialty, right? Now you've got something that can accomplish something. You couldn't have a football team with just a quarterback. You can't. That's right. Right. Well, and that's one thing I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs fail, fail is their, their failure to be, to be flexible. Mm. They, they, they really think they want to do it their way. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of like you and me. If we go ask advice from somebody, you know, we're friends and I ask you for advice. I know exactly what Daryl's going to tell me. That's why I went to you for advice. Yep. And if you tell me anything different, well, I get pissed off. Yep. I go, how, how dare you? You know, 
Right. I'm not going to ask him for advice. And so what they do is they ask people for advice and then they go on and say, well, I, I know better. I want to do it my way. And, and they just – they refuse to be flexible and then they fail. They fail miserably and it costs them a lot of money and they, they don't seem to ever learn. Mm, you know. Mm, mm, mm. So what was the best advice you ever got? I, the best advice I ever got was from my ex-wife. I made a comment to her once about I'm a Christian and, and there's – you know, people put these fishes on all their businesses and their advertising. And she said, we're not going to do that. We're going to show people that we're Christians by the work we do. We're not, we don't have to say it. We don't have to advertise it or brag it to get business. And, and I really like that. And, and whether you're a Christian or not, it has nothing to do with that. You show people how you are. You know, mm -hmm. love is a word. Love is really an action, right? Mm -hmm. The people that really love you, they show it. They don't mm -hmm. tell you all the time. Mm -hmm. You got to be wary of people who tell you that how great they are. Let them show you. Let them prove it. Mm -hmm. And be that way of people. Give so much service. Win your people over so so they wouldn't use anybody else. That they become evangelists for you. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But work hard in silence. Let results make the noise. That's definitely the way to do it. That's definitely the way to do it. So now – did you have role models that helped you or mentors or people that guided you along your way? Who's, who did you, who have you looked up to in your life? I looked up to my mom. She's a single mother and worked very hard. And then my stepfather was a, just a workaholic. And I realize now that, uh, as an older person that he, he, he probably wasn't the best role model for that stuff. Hmm. But, but, I, but I respected his obsession with, with doing a good job and, Kind of the old immigrant work ethic that I think is, you know, in this country that I live in now, it's it's sometimes it's very sad. We yeah. brag about being lazy. Yeah. I mean, we brag about it now. Yep. We talk about our kids. Oh, I could do that. I could change this. I could have good health. I could have a lot more money. I just don't want to. I'm lazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And to I, me, it's a it's obscene four letter word, and it makes me physically ill. And I start to hear it from everybody now, and yeah. I, I don't know. It's getting worse. To be honest, I'm, I'm actually concerned about North America, or at least Canada, U.S., a lot of the first world countries because of that. The Chinese have a saying where you can't keep wealth past three generations because the first one earns it. The second one sees their parents struggle and per works to preserve it. And the third ones have are so detached from it. They've got no understanding. They think their parents are crazy or, you know, just whatever, are, are too serious or yada, 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 and they squander it. And then it starts all over. And I almost feel like in North America, at least the first world countries I've visited to, I feel like with the youth that's happening, just the culture, the, the like there's, the, like I'm traveling the world and thank goodness I've had the experience. Like other countries get it. Like we, service here sucks. In Canada, Canada and America, service here sucks. People do not want to, people don't want to interact with customers. They don't want to serve people, you know, and that's, I understand. I don't want to spend my life, you know, working. I, and that's why I do what I choose to do what I love. But exactly that people want the quick fix, the easy way out. There's that missing, like that love of what you do that I want to wake up and do blank because it's enjoyable. Like, like I just, it's just such a shame because like you said, it's just, it's, that's, that's where happiness and fulfillment comes from. I feel like one of the things that's most boggling to me is like Japan, a first world country, has the highest suicide rate in the world. You can go to the poorest areas of Africa and people who are struggling and starving and near like near death and, you know, there's violence and wars and all this stuff. They're not killing themselves. They, their life is in such a dire situation in a lot of these people. But you take the people that have all the luxuries and if you compare it to the, like, you know, the rest of the world, they're the richest like 10% of the world. 
and they're killing themselves and they're like oh i'm so depressed and they're like <laughs> suck it up princess like like luxury was adversity makes men luxury makes monsters and i feel like in a lot of ways that that's, that's you know that's a really important thing to be aware of and so i love what you even started this call with saying and so people listening to this may want to listen again to make sure they catch all these great nuggets that we've dropped but in the beginning we talk about how you always try to keep in mind that like you can't you can't relax like you've got competitors and you have things you have no idea are coming like if you're a truck driver like you're not but if someone was listening to this was a truck driver like you like guess what 2020 intel just spent 15 billion dollars on on technology this mobile something company that that's to help make self-driving cars because they fully expect it to be regulated and starting in 2020 as to have cars that 2020 2022 to have cars that drive themselves. So if you're in a career that does that, like you can't relax. <laughs> you have done. to be investing in yourself and your training, your education, moving forward. So I just, yeah, there's way too many people that just want to sit down watch Simpsons and family guy and get fat and drunk. <laughs> and, and I mean, Hey, one day a week, sure do it, but you just can't live like that. Like you just can't. Yeah. I had, I had a certain, it's funny as a younger man, I, I got a job with a company and me and this, you know, immigrant, a guy from the Philippines, it was his first day and, and I was there and I wasn't nervous and I didn't have a care in the world and he was there and he was sweating and he was excited and he was very anxious to know who he'd be working for and what he'd be doing and and who his boss would be and if they would be happy with him and, and I didn't understand what his problem was. All I wanted to know, Daryl, was when I get paid. That's yep. all I cared about. Yep. Well, well, ten years later, he's the manager of that plan, and I'm, you know, down the road. But it's attitude. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it isn't that he was better than me. It isn't that he was smarter than me or harder work. It's just that he has a better attitude. And if we could get control of our attitude and and forget about our kids and other people, just do ourselves because that's a, enough of a project in itself. <laughs> we yep. can't change other people's attitudes. No, you can't. We can change. You can change your own. Yeah. But I that's all that. we have to do. We don't need any new skills. We just need that. We need that in the, the 20 hours. I love that 20 hours thing. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that is great because it's just such an easy to, who, who doesn't have 20 hours? I mean, if you can't put 20 hours in a month. Like you, you, you need some help. Like it's 20 hours. It's 20 hours, you know, cut it, whatever. So I, I fully agree. That attitude is a great thing. And I remember a buddy of mine, he moved to Calgary and he said something. And I, so I'm, you know, lots of different people in the world, all shapes and sizes, but I'm not, I'm not racist or really prejudiced against any particular group. I'm talking to a buddy of mine in Calgary and he said something, his girlfriend had had a car accident. He's like, Oh, all these Indians come in here. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they can't drive and they live six people to a house and they work for half their normal wages. And I was like, dude, here's something you need to wake up to. They're doing that here in Canada. And like, this is the land of opportunity. Like, like you can complain about it all you want, but those people are coming for your lunch. You can sit there and complain, you know, but you have to come, like, where do you think they're yeah. coming from? Like, that's where I'm like, dude, you are so disconnected from the reality of the state of this world. Like if you live in first world country, you are on the cutting edge of technology on healthcare of all that stuff. There is a huge long tail of people that do not have access to any of that. There's people who do not have access to clean water just to drink on a regular right. basis. And so I'm like, these people are coming here. Like, do you, you don't realize like that should light a fire under you. You shouldn't be like, Oh, these immigrants, like you should be like, man, I like, it should be motivating for you because that's the fight that you're in. And it's, people are so disconnected. Some people are so disconnected. You can tell the passion yeah. in my voice. I've seen it. I've been in the Philippines. <laughs> I know, I've got a nonprofit going. I see like 50 year old men and women, like it's got like two grocery bags living on the street and that's it. That's their life. And then people here want to boo hoo hoo because they've, Oh, my pension. It's just, I can't really do a whole lot. Yeah, then exactly. fucking get up and go do something. Go mow someone's, 
lawn. Go, go, like, stop yeah. being such a sniveling brat. Oh, anyway, yeah. sorry. I'm <laughs> got to go. I, pre- I appreciate your rant. We, we get that where I live in Seattle area. We get these people who, you know, they have, like you said, a pension and, and they're 100 pounds overweight. And they're probably going to die the day they retire. And, and they think, oh, my land and this and that. I just kind of roll my eyes. I'm thinking, well. <laughs> uh, so, but it's the luxury that they got. And people don't even realize colonization will not last that much longer. I really don't think. Maybe another 50 years, maybe 80 years most. So maybe it doesn't apply to us, but it definitely applies to our children. Because colonization is basically me showing up in your home with a gun going, hey, I'm going to kill everybody unless you sign this contract saying that I get 50% of everything this everyone in this house earns. And that's colonization. That's why England's like that's why one pound is worth like two US dollars or two and a half Canadian dollars because England went and showed up at more countries than anyone else and said, hey, half of everything that's yours is mine now. Uh, Haiti. Haiti's a French colony because France showed up with battleships and said, hey, we're going to kill everyone on this island unless you sign this debt paper saying you owe us a bazillion trillion million dollars for that you're going to pay and your kids are going to pay and your great, 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 great grandkids are going to pay. That's colonization. That's why we have first, second, and third world countries. It's about debt and who owes debt to who. And that's not going to last forever because people are going to start waking up to this and being like, hey, uh, no. And so a lot of these people that have this luxury and we've got this lifestyle and all that, it's because the country – like the the citizens of a country, there's no single person they can – point a finger at you know like oh they did it you can't really say oh you daryl you canadian you did this like i didn't do it and it, you know what i mean it was my great 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 grandfather you know what i mean so it's right. but again it's it's evolving and it's it's just people just got to wake up and that's where i feel like the the entrepreneurs really will save the world and save the day technology software all that sort of stuff people who are motivated and thinking forward and just listening to the lessons that you shared you know, about uh, have being accountable to themselves, about working on what they're passionate on, about waking up every day and having a set work record, uh, work schedule that they are disciplined with. And, you know, and one of my favorite quotes about mastery is do it until it becomes dull and then do it until it becomes beautiful again. You know, because you said you have the same dull day you do every day. Yeah, but it's beautiful. And I bet when people people could see your bank account, they'd be, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they'd be like, that's beautiful too. And you're like, yeah, but you got to be able to do the work. I mean, that's the world that we live in. It's just, it's the world we live in. You can cry about it all you want, but I mean, you only got the one life to live. So suck it up, princess, and enjoy the journey, you know? <laughs> so now, what do you see are some of the future trends of things like social media and the things that you're involved in? Oh, I see them getting more, more live time, like Facebook Live. Hmm. Um, Snapchat, I think that's going to be the new thing that it, it's going to be less posting and, and conversational. It's going to be more video, 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 more YouTube, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I always I, all, all entrepreneurs and stuff, putting something up on YouTube has no value unless you market it like heck. Right. You got to go out there and just tell everybody about it and tell everybody what you do all the time. Right. Don't think because someone's your friend or your cousin or your whatever, they know what you do. Right. You got to tell them like 35 times. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's we right. We think that because we feel like we're the center of the universe. We feel like we're the leading actors and actresses in this movie and everyone's watching it and taking notes on our life, but they're not. Nope. They're running their own race. Yep. You know, we're, we're an, even to your own fan, the people who are closest to you. So keep that in mind. Yep. So if you're going to try to make money, you got to, you got to keep, keep knocking, pounding, pounding on the door. Yep. Yep, yep. And problems are markets. I think that's an important thing I want to put out there as well. 
problems are markets, not demographics. So what I mean is that it's not soccer moms. It's not that – because that's what happened to newspaper companies. They thought they were in the business of distributing stories wrapped in advertising, and they weren't. And that's why they got decimated because they weren't trying to solve the problem better and constantly trying to be better. They weren't waking up trying to be better every day. They had this – what they thought was a monopoly, this kind of little, you know, I'm going to sit fat on my laurels and collect cash. You know, and again, they forgot about serving their customers, serving the people. And so they got decimated by the internet and blogs. And some of them survived and found a way to manage, but they were the ones that really focused on, all right, how do we do what we do better? So I think just like you said, you know, you got to tell people what you do. And part of that is being in the marketplace, helping those people, having a skill, being passionate about it. I do this because I suffer if I see business owners. I like I go to restaurants and I can't relax. If I go to a business like you talking about small businesses, if I go frequent a small business, it like it's it's a pain point for me because I know the pain. Because like you mentioned, having failed, I failed in business too, you know. And I I just I you know it eats at me like to go to a restaurant and be like, hey, this is prime time dinner time, and there's just me in your restaurant. Like looking at the owner, like dude, what are you doing, man? Like seeing him behind, like in my head, like I'm screaming at the guy. I'm like sitting there all quiet, eat my meal in my head. I'm like screaming at this man. Because I'm, you know, I'm like, you, your business is dying, fool. Like, what are you doing? Like, you got to, you know, there's, it's just, it's, yes, yeah. so you got to find something, something you're passionate about, some way you want to improve the world and make that your mission, your purpose, the reason why you get up in the morning and then have that drive you and why you want to help people. And I think as long, I mean, Zig Ziglar said it best, you know, you can have anything you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. And I think that that, again, that's at least in our society, maybe not in terms of survival, in terms of like the sun, the oil, the, uh, the sun, the soil, the wind, the earth and water. But in terms of just surviving in our society, that will be enough that, you know, you'll always have food on your table. So, Todd, there's been so much good stuff in this call. Again, for people listening, I really encourage you to maybe listen to it again. And if you didn't have your pen and paper, which you know I encourage everyone to, to listen with your pen and paper and take the notes and make the list that we tell you to at the end, things for you to do, things for you to delegate, things for you to buy, things for you to learn in the next 30 days, etc. But Todd, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that I should have asked you about? Oh, you and me could talk all day, but have, have me on your show again. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. I am so jazzed. This is great. I'm going to go out. I'm going to crush the day. You definitely got to help me get hyped up. And again, for the listeners listening, don't just be excited. Put to, to action. Action equals results. And movement is better than meditation. That's something no monk will tell you. You can meditate all day, which is a great thing to do. But movement will get you feedback, and feedback will help point you in a better direction. So... Todd, th again, thank you so much. I wish you and your loved ones and your family all the best. Thank you so much for coming to my show. I definitely love to have you back again, and just thank you. Thanks, Daryl. Restore your life and start today. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, 
bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.